0: relating to the season of the season that's a lot of seasons anyways joining me this evening as always are the two lads jack
1: good evening gav
0: how are you feeling jack
1: um pretty tired out after after the season started i know we're recording this uh quite a few days after after the final final day but it's it's been nice to be able to to look back and reflect on it all a little bit before going straight into a pod
0: and Dan?
2: Good evening, mate.
0: You feeling the same way, Dan? Are you relieved or are you missing it?
2: Missing it. Missing it already. It's, uh, it's going to be a long one couple of months till, till August.
0: Anyway, let's straight into it. I'm just going to give out the results of the previous weekend. On Friday, Granada, in fairness to them, they were consistent. Consistent till the end. Beaten 2 1 by Espanyol. Spartan threw 2-0 with Betis. Leganes won, Alaves won. Deportivo 3, Las Panas nil, Sevilla smashing Osasuna 5 nil. Atleti 3, Atletic 1. Valencia 1, Villarreal 3. And Celta 2, La Real 2. Now those three games were on at the same time and all three of them were crackers. Barcelona 4, Ibar 2. And of course, Malaga 0, Real Madrid 2. Real Madrid are the champions, three points in it. There can be no complaints, reckon like, I?
1: Look, we've kind of attempted to big up the the title race and the potential for for Real Madrid to drop points, but these past six weeks, um, maybe even stretching it to the past two months, they have been pretty much near flawless. They they've gone from. Scoring late goals to scoring really early goals and just putting the game to bed there and then. Um, as soon as the first goals, first goal goals goes in, you know, you're not coming back against this Madrid side because even though they can't control the game as much as they probably like to at times, there's, they're just so bloody good that no matter if you're Barcelona, well, okay, Barcelona did beat them, but you know, Atleti, Malaga, Celta, Sevilla, teams that, okay, Malaga in particular have struggled this season until Michel came in, but they're not bad teams. They're teams that can give good sides a decent game, as we've seen when a few of those teams have played Barcelona this season. But this Madrid side are so lethal. It it was kind of quite fitting that after the, the way the season's kind of panned out, particularly in the second half, that Isco and Ronaldo were kind of the two key figures um, with Isco providing the the assist for Ronaldo's goal which was the opener and from then on in it was just comfortable really uh, Sandro looked to be a man on a mission man on a mission and did make Navas work especially some of the, some of the saves like his free kick um, to the near post but it was probably about as comfortable as Madrid could get really
0: yeah Dan yourself yourself, I two screens open, two minutes in, it's just, ah, oh, jeez, you know, it's heartbreaking. But as Jack said, there was one shining light and I thought he was outstanding for him, was Sandro, he really, really tried, but to be fair, the rest of Malik just, they, they weren't, they didn't really care, did they? Well, the season's over for him, and I know that we do
2: question the integrity of players when when it gets to this stage and gets towards the end. But it happens. It happens all over the place that people don't put in as much effort and you need to be on your best to beat Real Madrid. We've seen that this season and I just couldn't imagine Malaga being at the best, which they weren't. Sandro, exceptional, as he has been this season, but just not enough from Malaga and quite comfortable for Real Madrid, I think. Themselves, they didn't play as well as they could. I think they took the foot off pedal uh, as soon as we got the second goal a little bit and and it's just a shame from a Barcelona's point of view. However, I must say that they've deserved it. They've, they've been the best team consistently. They've, they've been ruthless in attack throughout the season. I think we've scored in every single game. Yeah, that's that's an incredible, incredible spot. First time they have done it. When you look at even in recent years, you look at the the, the attack force that they've had. They've missed bail a, ta- a lot for a lot of games this season, but they've still managed to do something what we've not done in La Liga before look at a few years back when they had Di Maria they had Ozil supplying the front line they had Higuain up top with Ronaldo and Benzema and they've never done it then so I think a lot of people are underestimating how well they've been especially in that final third this season they've, they've been relentless they've been ruthless and in essence that's what's them the title because the defenders have been as great as you'd like to expect from a top team but the attack has gone goals and
0: goals win games and Jack to be petty, I'm going to be petty here the league over the last couple of, in fairness the last fair few seasons has gone literally down to the last day of the season should the federation not be looking at this consistency and going you know what, in order to make it more spectacular keep the top top games until the end of the season because the way the league has set up that game structure okay, they mirror the first half to the second half other leagues do it but with the way they can be quite silly at times, does it not make sense in order to keep everything on, on their toes until the very end? So like, again, I watched, I did two games on. I've seen crazy conspiracy videos coming out with Malaga. You don't blame Malaga for that. Because at one stage, watching the Barcelona game, mighty Abar were winning. And it's not, you know, Abar had nothing to play for. So. I don't know. it's it just? Would it be nice to see the Clasico on the last day of the season every season?
1: Um, part or am of I me, ju- I'm
0: being, am I being silly, Jack? Am I?
1: <laughs> part of me agrees with you because, particularly for the for this season, where had the Clasico been on the final day, it would have essentially came down to whoever won that won the title. Um But I think there would kind of get to a point where after a few seasons you would kind of not get bored of it but you'd know what to expect whereas
0: well oh sorry Jack you know okay forget about being the classical but would it not be better for we say the league to look at like this is not other leagues have finished weeks ago this comes down to the last day of the season surely to go to some sort of statistician walking in the federation that can go you know what take the likes of um Real Sociedad and Villarreal, they're fighting for an automatic Europa League spot. Or, look at Sevilla, they need to... Do you see where I'm coming from?
1: Get the big games in near
0: the end of the season. So, everything's to play for. Because, as I said, other than the three games earlier in the day with uh, Atleti, Villarreal and Larreal, the rest of the games were just fodder, really. wasn't it? It just on because it had to be on.
1: Yeah. When you put it like that and it's not just... It wouldn't just be the title being decided, but basically any team who had anything to play for, like Villarreal and Real Sociedad, then yeah, okay, that that would be quite impressive to see. Actually, um, if you imagine Real and Larréal both going out, going all out for for this Europa League spot, whoever wins wins a game is then in Europe the next season. It would kind of it would give a bit of a kind of like NBA playoffs. I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with the the NBA playoffs, but it would give that kind of vibe to it where it all just comes down to that game. Regardless of of how how the rest of the season's gone, where you dropped stupid points and where you you should have won, it comes down to that final 90 minutes. And I th- I think you'd see a, a lot of goals and a lot of not even just goals, but drama, you know, because teams would be well players would be so willing to not necessarily go the extra mile, but play, they'd, yeah. There'd be there'd be more dangerous tackles for for a lack of a better word. You know, you there'd be players really putting their foot in and probably end up with a lot of a lot of red cards because of it. It comes down to the the practical side of it. And we all know that the, the Spanish Federation isn't exactly the best when it comes to planning ahead. But it, it would be really impressive to, to see.
0: Because there's one thing about the Premier League that I do like is the way the, the matches are set up. They're not mirrored. They're, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. computerized. lawyers. I, I do like that because, look, don't get me wrong. When you watch the first half of the season in La Liga, you can almost decide where your points are coming from from the second half of the season. Because you know who you're going to be playing, when you're going to be playing them. You can look around certain, you know, other trophies going on. We well, were in the Champions League that week, but we only have such and such the following week. So, no, it's just it's just a talk because, you know, I'm just being a bit petty.
1: <laughs> but
0: Dan, I'm going to come on to you. Um, Barcelona and Abar. Now, I don't know about you, but when Eibar went one nil up, I was seeding because, I, you know me, I have a bit of belief. I still believed Sandro would have knocked a hat again. We get the goal hmm. back, one all, and then a second goal, which which I thought was fantastic. And when they scored it, then I just sat back and went, you know what? Go on, beat us, because I wasn't disappointed. Gav, that's that exactly the same? How I, how I felt? I, I think I put some, I can't remember what I put on
2: Twitter now, but I just said that you can't. I felt no anger towards ever I, I I weren't I weren't mad that they were winning. I weren't annoyed. I just felt, you know what, this is a team who's, who's tiny, absolute tiny com- in comparison to, to Barcelona. They've gone to the Camp Nou, Barcelona have still got the title to play for. And they, t- they took a 2-0 lead, it was just like, in a way, it was brilliant. It weren't. I mean, I know Barcelona went and won, so I'm happy with, with Barcelona winning, but it was brilliant to see a team with such a disadvantage in terms of financial wages, players, the size of a club, going to a gigantic team like Barcelona and scoring two beauties, especially that second one, is yeah, simply uh,
0: unbelievable. But Jack, we're seeing arguably one of the performances of the season. With it, Labour obviously they didn't win, but up until a certain point, especially the sending off for Kappa, I think it, that was a real, real game changer. But let's talk about arguably either the greatest decision ever or the most fucked up thing you've ever seen: Jordi Alba's penalty.
1: I don't. I don't really have anything to say to say on it. Really, it was, it was so bizarre. I mean, fair play to fair play to Albert for having the balls to actually do that because he he must have known full well that the cameras would have caught him and he would have been slated by not not only on Twitter but by the Madrid press as well, who are very relentless.
0: But you say that we see Jordan the two games. You're on Twitter. I'm on Twitter looking at the. The Barca fans and the Madrid fans, and it's all conspiracies, and then that happens. And you kind of want to just say to every Barcelona fan, if you mention the word conspiracy again, exactly. just watch that panel. I'm well, sorry, it, you know, I, I, it, it
1: was wasn't... a repeat the the week before when uh, Dino was very lucky to not get mm-hmm. sent off against Las Palmas, and that that was really early on in the game. If Barcelona would have been down to ten men for almost the whole game, it could have been could have gone a little bit different. But we'll never know.
0: Look, I feel like we're just running out of things to say here. Um, <laughs> I, will, <laughs> I will pick on one thing which I thought was absolutely magical and didn't get the press it deserved. Messi's second goal. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> to me, we'll talk about it later on. I've looked at it countless times. That's my goal of the season. Uh,
1: I don't think I'd... I don't know if I'd go that far. But I you think, think it would... about it, if there was something... If the,
0: it, 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 if, if there was something to play for and that goal was scored, you'd have to look at it in a different, a different way. It's not, it's not as if he like you hot in the halfway line. You're talking seven players, he's walking by, and he's OK, didn't yeah. go into the corner. But still, for me, that's my goal of the season. I don't care what you say. That's my goal <laughs> of the season. <laughs> but, lads, look, I'll tell you what we do. We get on to what we originally said we'd get on to. I'm going to ask a couple of questions. I'm going to start with yourself, Dan. Dan, give me
2: your overall team of the season. Very tough. Very tough one for me, this Gav, but I'm going to go for Aba. I just, I've been so impressed with him and as the season's got on, I found myself being more interested in the games. I found myself cheering them on in games, in, in games which I had no preference to one, you know, and I found myself rooting for this team, which I knew so little about only a couple of seasons back and now I, I just want to know more about it. They finished 10th. They've, they've won more games than they've lost this season in La Liga. They've got a positive goal difference. I know goal difference isn't decided on position like it is over here, but still, to have a positive goal difference is, is a massive achievement for them. And they've done that with next to nothing in the bank. And there were a couple of other teams, especially the team who finished directly above them, but I just think that I've found myself just mesmerised by the whole A-bar situation this season. And for that reason, I'm going to give them as my team at season.
0: And Jack, what about you?
1: Um is always going to be worth a shout, but I think I'm torn between Real Sociedad and Alaves. But I'm probably going to go for Alaves, given that they were... You know that this was our first season back in in the Primera, and also for the cup run as well as their league performances.
0: Going on a mirror, what Dan said for me, it's a bar. Before people start tweeting, calling, oh, "What about Madrid? They won the first It doesn't work like that." We're talking about which team has been your team of the season? Which team do you think deserves a mention on this prestigious pod? And for me, it's Bar because what they done against Barcelona. It's the end of the season; they're on holiday on the beach, whatever cliche you want to use, and they played the exact same. Played the exact same way they have in every single game this season. And if you want to talk about consistency, alright, they don't have the best squads. Technically, they don't have the biggest squads. They don't. They have by far and away the, the cheapest squad. Yet they can still put performances in like that every single week so for me it's Abra. has to be Abra. well I'm going to stick with myself I'm going to throw out to you my player of the season is Isco I think he has been absolutely world class You can he scratch ahead at times wondering why he's on the bench we don't know what goes on at Real Madrid we don't know even how contract situations work whether Players have to play over other players or whatever. But every time that man has been on the pitch, he's just absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic to watch. His movement on the ball is second to none. I don't think there's... With the exception of probably Messi. Neymar even. I don't think... Oh, do you know what? Just with the exception of Messi, I don't think there's a player in the Liga that plays the ball that close to his feet. He's mesmerising. So for me, player of the season... Is this guy? What about you, Jack?
1: I'm gonna have to go with this guy as well. He's been so decisive for Madrid, um, particularly when it's mattered. And also, without, not necessarily just his ability to, to control things in the middle of the park and how good he is with the ball. But going back to that sporting game, um, I think it was back in March, was it? or must yep. have been March, yeah. When when he scored that ninetieth minute goal to to give them the three points, and it was a bloody good goal as well. Yeah. Um, so he he's definitely the player of the season for me. Uh, Honourable mention for Iago Aspas, though.
0: Oh gosh, yeah. What about yourself, Dan? Well, I'm gonna stick with a Madrid player, but
2: I'm gonna go for the left back. I'm gonna go for Marcelo. I don't think a lot of people agree with me on this one. I don't think defenders get the full Credit they deserve, especially since Ronaldo and Messi have took attacking play to the next level. But Marcelo, for me, has just been one of the most consistent players I've seen in a long time in terms of full season. Madrid aren't the a solid defensive unit, but I, believe, I feel that his defensive attributes and defensive side of the games improved a lot. I mean, he's been at Madrid now a fair few years, and I remember when we first got him and were playing sometimes on the wing and his defensive side of the game uh, typical t- t- of a of a Brazilian a modern day Brazilian fullback where brilliant going forward but not as good as it could be at the back but I think this season I thought his defensive side has being brilliant and then his offensive side I think I think is being one of the best defensive players in the league and I know Gav, you're going to laugh at this I know you don't you're not that fussed on 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 stats but he's got no, the hey. four five assists for left back and I know he, he positions himself. In the opposition's half a opposition's half a lot. But to get more resistance than Messi, more resistance than Ronaldo, more resistance than Griezmann, more resistance than Isco, more resistance than Koke, and they're playing at left back, I think it's exceptional. Same as when we saw Dani Alves on the right side for Barcelona, creating so many attacks, putting that final ball in. I've I can't sing Marcelo's praises more than I have because I just think he's had an, a sensational season and you look I know it's not the league, but you look at how he's been decisive in the games against Bayern when it started getting tough. I know of one of the little uh, incidents in the Classico where it got a bit of stick for for not bringing down Sergio Roberto in the middle of a park when Messi scored the winner, but it's, it's been flawless. It's been a, a, nearly a flawless season for the Brazilian. Yeah, and
0: actually, it's, it's a good point, it's a good pick, that, because what I've with What I've noticed with a lot of defenders in La Liga, and especially with the arguments against them, when you watch La Liga, it's so technical. All the strikers, forwards, wingers, midfielders, they're so technically gifted that slide tackles or roughhousing, it's not in the La Liga game. There's only a handful of defenders that actually do it, when you compare it to, say, the Bundesliga, or even, you know, Serie A, and certainly the Premier League, but if anyone who likes to put Marcelo down for whatever reason, next time you're watching them defend, okay, you mightn't tackle. Watch how it's almost impossible to get around him because he tracks the ball perfectly. I have t- I've watched him for years doing it. He is so difficult to be on the ball, and I think you know traditionally defenders have to you know tackle or be rough. That's another form of defending, holding up the play, stopping stopping the play. And that's what he does, and he does it perfectly. And as you said, his assists second to none. He's come up with a few important goals as well this season. So, yeah, nice. that's a nice pick, no arguments. But lads, I'm going to stick with you, Dan. Give me your young player this season.
2: Well, it was a bit of a theme here for me, because I'm going to go for another full-back. I'm going to go for Teo Hernandez. Br- brilliant shout from, from Jack for the team of the year. Alvarez and every time I've watched him, which I'll be honest, it's not being weekly. I've I've, I've seen Alvarez's highlights, but I've not watched the full ninety minutes every single week. But when I've watched them, is is impressed me so much, and you can see why. Is if I mean, I don't know what's happening with the transfer situation, but it's, it's near enough. He's going to be wearing the Real Madrid shirt next season. You can see why the they're, they're going to pay the buyout clause for him because. I just think he's, I think he's an exceptional talent and he looks fearless. He's not scared to get forward. He can do the defensive side. What a backup to Marcelo and a rotation for what we could use. I don't want to big him up for Real Madrid. I want to big him up for now. This season has been brilliant. And and he's a nasty bastard, which I like. <laughs> he is. And, and one thing, what, what did me, gather he was involved in Vidal's injury, weren't he? Mm-hmm. That's right, and I think some of the abuse he got on Twitter. And now, don't get me wrong; he would not have seen a lot of it. <laughs> you know, he's not—he's not, he's not gonna. match it might—it might search his name on Twitter, but some of the stuff <laughs> I just thought it was so over the top from the uh, Barcelona fans, just giving him so much dog's abuse for this tackle. He's a young lad, you know, and it weren't great, but he didn't set out. Do it. No,
0: he's just no. hard. So I just I, I categorise that as a hard tackler. He's yeah. just in in hard. If you you know look at all about you, damn. Years ago when I was playing, uh, you know, Skillboy football, the manager would always say to you, get in hard, get in hard. Because if you go in soft, you're gonna get hurt. And I believe that he's spot on. And if you take that defensive, you know, ability, I'm gonna get stuck in here. It's up to the other player to be prepared. It was vicious on Vidal, but get over it. <laughs> You're a professional yeah. footballer. like Get over it. It happens.
2: It does, mate. It does. And he's now got the chance to, uh, to come up against Barcelona in the Copa del Rey final this coming weekend. So it could be a, an unbelievable season for Teo Hernandez.
0: And what about you, Jack? Young player of the season.
1: Well, I'm refusing to even think about Teo Hernandez as being my pick. (laughs) Um, What's the age limit? Is it 23 and under or 21 and under? Because I've got a few different picks depending on which one it is. I don't know, Jack. I didn't (laughs) put that much time. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I've got um, Sandro, uh, Malaga striker, obviously, who we've already mentioned earlier on in this pod. Um, He's struggled with injury a bit this season, but he has been... An absolute lifesaver for for Malaga. Without some of his goals, they would be in a lot of trouble. And I think quite a lot of people have forgotten over the season that this is actually his first, the first kind of time in his career that he's been the lead striker. And in most cases, he, he, he is first. he's a
0: he's a good he he is a striker. Yeah. That's what he showed. He's just a, he's an out-and-out striker. Exactly. We, didn't see, we didn't see that properly at Barcelona. Because no, because obviously he was, he's, he was he's not filling. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But, uh, no, I totally agree with you. Since he's gone to Malaga, he's been an excellent striker. Anyone who just... you know He's a knife for goal. I know that's a cliche thing to say, but he's, he falls into that category of strikers that, you know what, put him in front and nine times out of ten is in the back of the net. And he's heading to your boys for next season.
1: Yeah, hopefully so. I'm really chuffed with that signing. Um, for 6 million euro, it's it's kind of, it It really can't go wrong and I think he's, I think he'd suit our system really well. I think he, he can press and can work hard and he is a deadly finisher. Uh, the second player I've gone for is athletic Bill Bowers-Uri, the, the centre-half who missed a bit of the season after discovering that he had testicular cancer and whatnot, but he Uh, fought through that and came back Um, and he's just a rock at the back with Emmerich Laporte. And he's only 22, which is the scary thing because he plays like he's 32. He's that experienced. Um, Yeah, he's a very good player. He's going to have a very, very bright career. So that's my two picks for young player of the season.
0: Okay, well just like Dan, I only have one.
1: Um... (laughs) I can't decide, I'm too indecisive. (laughs)
0: No, I'm actually going to stick to what I've been doing so far. It's another Madrid player, and it's Asensio. Uh,
1: good shot, good shot. You know, he
0: doesn't he doesn't get enough games, but when he plays, that is a superstar in make him Absolute superstar. I mean, he just fits into that Real Madrid team, and I just think, you know, it's part and parcel of playing for Real Madrid. Unless, look, you can't even say unless you're a, an absolute worldie, you have to bide your time. Just look what Isco has had to do for the last couple of seasons. He's bided his time and, you know, I guarantee you um, Zidane plays more about bail for that final. He, Zidane is not stupid and I just think Asensio is kind of climbing the same ladder as the likes of Isco. So, for me, it's Asensio. Now, lads, I'm actually going to stick with myself here for this one. Match of the season for me has to be El Clasico. Second El Clasico. Just an absolute exhibition of football had everything, highest quality you'll see anywhere. Red cards, yellow cards, spectacular goals. Had everything, and okay, it's not the the best game in the world to be saying it's an advert for Spanish football because most clasicos are top quality, but this particular one was just uh, had everything, absolutely everything. Dan, what about you, Chief?
2: I'm Going to agree with you, mate. Going to agree with you.
0: The now
2: I like the game that bit more because of the result, obviously, but taking away all one, the it was just a it was just a, a fantastic, competitive, end to end game of football where we saw goalkeepers put on put in ten out of ten performances. We saw midfield battles between some of the best midfielders of the world's we've got in the in world football you look at Modric and Tony Cruz up against Busquets and Iniesta I don't think there's a there's a better midfield battle in world football than those four going against each other you've always got the Messi-Ronaldo subplot to it and what we've not seen as much we didn't what we have seen in recent, in, in recent years the antics weren't as bad which is a massive win for me because I, I sometimes started to find myself not looking forward to classicos as much because we're gonna get it's gonna get a bad press for Spanish football when you look at the Guardiola versus Mourinho teams and how both teams players from both teams were thin injury making the most out of it going to the referee every two minutes that were gone that were gone and we were allowed to watch football for what it is and it had everything a last minute winner a sensational. Last-minute winner, that is, because of a goal, were brilliant, a red card, a team who looked to be beaten with ten men to equalise in Amez. and it meant so much because the league was still open and potentially it could have been closed that game. It could have been finished if Madrid had got the win. I think that would have ended it. I mean, obviously it has ended now anyway, but at that point the league would have been would have been finished for me and Barcelona showed great spirit. Brilliant game. But a shout out to the uh, to the six four which we saw at the start of the season as well because I think that would have been the game of the season if we didn't have what we had in the Clasco. So we won a uh, severe six Espanyol uh, Espanyol four, sorry. Just what a crazy game to start La Liga.
0: And what about yourself,
1: Jack? I uh, I'm gonna well being the indecisive person that I am I'm yeah. also going to go with the Espanol, um, Sevilla game from week one, uh, the 6-4. I've also got the, uh, Celta 3, Las Palmas 3, when Celta went 3-0 up and Las Palmas clawed them, them back. Um, I've got Ibar 3, Osasuna 2. And last but not least, a bit of a weird one, but, um, the, the Seville Derby from, from the second half of the season, when, Betis absolutely battered Severe in the first half, uh, was only 1-0 up, um, should have been about 3-4, and then Paolo just completely changed everything, flipped everything on its head in the second half, and Severe just outclassed them for the next 45 minutes.
0: Yeah, I throw out another animal mention to the Barcelona and Sevilla game at the Pichuán. I thought, again, that was another exhibition of football, Um I thought, are we not correct? Was was it not Osasuna 3, A bar 2?
1: Uh, I thought it was the other way around. Right,
0: and well, I'm kind of stuck there because I thought it was the other way around myself.
1: So <laughs> check there. Yeah, just do a quick, quick Google. Oh uh, no, Google. yeah, it, it was Osasuna 3, I was yeah, A because Yeah,
0: because the the fourth goal hit the crossbar and we were talking.
1: Oh, like yeah, yeah. Goals. yeah, yeah. Cool. And
0: I tell you, the reason I thought that game was special was. At the exact same time, for nearly a week, we had to put up with the usual rhetoric of the Clash of the Titans, Liverpool and Man United, was it? Which ended up
1: being yeah, it was one Red of the Manda. worst
0: games of football.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and just to say, just to say, I'm not watching that, I'm going to watch this. And it was fantastic. I think that was Ossesia on his own. It was, wasn't it? It was the only away win. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, don't worry people who listen, we generally do have everything in order, Just sometimes, <laughs> most of the time we catch ourselves, so, but I'm going to come on to my personal favourite, I'm going to go to Dan, goal of the season.
2: Right, goal of the season,
0: uh,
2: quite, some really good goals, some really, really good goals, but a standout winner for me, and that was Kevin Prince-Bowateng's, Goal against VRL. Now, before I talk about the goal itself, let's think about over they're against, They're against one of the best defensive teams in the league. But we're away at what was Madrigal, obviously it's changed name, and they passed the ball around. They kept to the edge of the box. I think it went to Tanner, who did an amazing backheel assist volley, <laughs> and then Kevin Prince Boateng just smashed into the net with a bicycle kick. Unbelievable! I can't remember when it happened, and hour shocked, I was, I just, I was shocked I, I, I would have done that, I rewound it, watched it again, rewound it, watched it again and then recently I saw a video posted online, some of the best goals in the season, I watched it and I did it again, I paused it on the laptop, rewound it, I just can't stop watching that goal and the fact that we did it against a very, very, very good defensive team with one of the best keepers in European football in, and just makes it even better sensational goal
1: Jack, um, I really liked Fernando Torres's goal against Salter, uh when he had his back to goal and um, kind of hooked it over himself and um, over the keeper and into the into the goal. So I'm going to go for that one uh, just because it's Fernando Torres. Well, I got one. Mm. Well, don't I could. I could. I, I genuinely have a, a list of about ten goals in front of me. <laughs> and I just picked the first one that I saw. But, you know, you've got like, um, even this last weekend, you had, um, Timor's goal for Legones. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah. Absolute rocket. Um, Javier Antiveros, uh, um, oh. Malaga. 90th
2: minute winner.
1: Year, yeah. 90th minute winner against Deport. You know, the, we're really blessed in this league where pretty much week in, week out, Does. At least three stunning goals that you can pick out for goal of the weekend, let alone goal of the season and it just makes it that much more difficult to to come back to it all at the end and and just pick just to pick even five is difficult I mean you could probably pick out five goals that would be worthy of it just from Messi alone
0: well i've seen um I've seen a couple of uh, what would you say the league of goal of the season awards and a lot of, a lot of people have obviously gone for Lionel Messi versus Real Madrid, now don't get me wrong, it was a sensational goal, but, cop on, it wasn't, the best goal of the season, that's what happens when, you know, fanboys get in the bandwagon, it was good, it wasn't that good, I'm going to kind of mirror, what Dan's at the saying I've just copped that, the most memorable thing, about Kevin Prince, for goal, is, it's not the goal, see them jerseys they were wearing, that luminous pink, gorgeous, up against, yeah it was, it's just cops, you know, so, but, I'm going to have to stick with what I said earlier on. I think Messi's goal against ABAR at the weekend was just something special. I, um, it's my type of goal. It's the type of goals I like seeing being scored and could be controversial, but it's, for me, it's Messi's versus ABAR and Kevin Prince both hangs A very, very, very close second. Well, lads, goalkeeper of the season, I'm going to start this one off. I'm just going to Navas. I just think Navas for Madrid has been so underrated, underappreciated from its fans, underappreciated from everybody. Yet some of the saves he's made at times—not when they've been winning five or six nil, but when they, you know, they've nicked the goal, nick, nicked the goal here, nicked the goal there—he's been at the centre of it. Okay, he, he's made the odd clanger, but what goalkeeper doesn't? But for me, throughout the season, especially the latter part of the season. Kayla Navas has just been absolutely outstanding. Now, Jack, you're probably going to disagree for obvious reasons, but go
1: on. Who well, I mean, ever since the Betis game, the Betis game was a, a real low point for Navas, where he was getting whistled from the Bernabeu crowd and he had two real horror shows within the space of about five minutes of each other. But since then, he has been so crucial for for this Madrid side, not just in the league, but in the Champions League as well. But I, I've got a really left field choice there and um, I'm going to go for um, Andres Fernandez, the VRL reserve goalkeeper who stepped up for not a large part of the season, but after Sergio Asenjo did his cruciate ligament for the fourth time, um, he came in, he's on loan from Porto, but he, he came in and he, it's like they, they really haven't missed Asenho for, for a lot of the time. I mean, not even just for his, his shot stopping ability, but, um, when Viral came to the Calderon and beat Atleti, um, the, their goal, which was scored really late on, it actually came from, from a kick from, uh, Andres Fernandez. Um, his ability to pick out a pass is something that's gone really under the radar from him, but he, he's just been a, a golden keeper. For, for VRL. So I'm going to go for him.
0: Dan?
2: I'm going to go for his teammate. I'm going to go for the guy he stepped in for. I'm going to go for Sergio Asenho. How, how devastated for the lad when, when he did his knee against Madrid. Back end of February and so he's missed, he's missed from the back end of February to, to the end of the season. And he's only got four clean sheets less than Jan Oblak who had the most and sometimes you can say, yeah, clean sheets, it's it's not just the goalkeeper, it's the defence. Of course it is. But some of the shots that he manages to get an hand on. And a lot of it as well, listen, I really were good for him. And I fell for him when he, he realised that it was his knee and he knew that something was wrong and he had to depart the game against Madrid. And he was playing so well, I think he's a remarkable keeper. And there's a bit of... Uh, a bit of me has gone into this choice because I did really feel for him, and I just hope it can come back to the standard that we know. Because it's it's going to be a massive, massive psychological test for him. But really good keeper, really good defensive front to him. Yet, yeah, but an amazing shot shot stopper on his day.
0: Well, lads, to defender of the season, and for me, it's been on Titi. I think he's I think he's been arguably Barcelona's best signing. He. Fits that back line like a glove. He, he's he been more impressive than Pique, in my opinion. He's He's been a rock. Now he could stop with the play acting because the fucking size of the man. But other than that, for me, yeah, it's been untitty for defender of the season. What about you, Jack?
1: Um, I'm torn between Inigo Martinez and Diego Reyes. But I'm probably going to go for Diego Reyes, who's been a Espanol this season and um, he's actually been linked with a move to VRL to replace um, Matteo Musaccio, who's moved to AC Milan, uh, which just kind of goes to show how good of a campaign he's had when the the second-best defence in the league comes after you to, to replace a, a really top-class centre-back in Musaccio. Um, he's really underappreciated, and he's been at the core of what is a really solid team, Under Kike Sanchez Flores. So um, Diego Reyes is is my choice.
2: Dan! I've already mentioned him once, who I'm a player of the season. I can't not go with uh, Marcelo. Uh, Good choices from you two gents, but I've picked him as a player of the season. I can't not pick him as a defender of the season, so Marcelo for me.
0: And sticking with you, Dan, what about your midfielder of the season?
2: Now, this is a tough one. I think this was the toughest because there were so many. We've, we've mentioned so many names already this in, this in this pod, but one player, if someone said to me now, right, any player in world football who you could take and put in Barcelona's either starting eleven, or, or, or to add to Barcelona, it would be Luca Modric. I just think he is one of the most complete midfielders in terms of he does so much in the game. And I think a lot of that goes overshadowed. I think that a lot of people don't see how well he works defensively. I know he's got Casemiro behind him, who, who, who does a lot of tackling, a lot of fouls, not many yellow cards, but I think Modric is just a sublime central midfielder who offers so much for Real Madrid. And the biggest compliment I can give him would be, if I could have any play at the minute, to add to Barcelona, where Barcelona's been lacking, especially this season, I'd take a look at Modric. But so many other players I've got a list as long as what Jack's probably got now probably <laughs> fielders. <can't>. <laughs> but uh Modric stands out for me.
0: Well I'm not gonna go with Nzanzi. I think the man has just been a revelation this season. Obviously Sve came to a halt during that brilliant Madrid trilogy after that. I don't it was nothing to do with Anzanzi. He just he was almost carrying the team for a certain amount of time. I I think he's been absolutely Sensational this season. So for me, it's Stephen Anzonzi, it's my midfielder. Jack.
1: I'm probably going to have to agree with Anzonzi as well. Uh, honorable mention to Manny Trigueros from Vireal mm-hmm. and also Roque Messer and Vicente Gomez from Las Palmas.
0: Well, give us a forward of the season, Jack.
1: Oh, God. Uh, um, <laughs> Do you want? Do you want us to come back to you? No, no, no. Um, <laughs> ju- I'm just trying to pick off pick off my list here. Now I'm I'm gonna have to go for Iago Aspas because he's not. It's not just his goals, but he has literally carried this Celta Vigo side to a Europa League semi final and to a Copa del Rey semi final, and at his boyhood club. He's scored so many vitally important goals for them, um, both in the league and the cup and in Europe. And I don't think there's a player who's probably enjoying their football as much as Iago Aspas has done these past few months, being back at Salta. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm going for Iago Aspas.
0: I actually picked Aspas as well. Oh, because, there you go. Oh no, it's, it's as you said. I think for me, Jack, we watched them... Before he left to go to Liverpool, and he was a, he was a, a brilliant player for Celtic. Before he left, he goes to Liverpool. It, 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 you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out, and if it doesn't work out, the player doesn't deserve to be labelled as what? What are the young kids calling it now? Um I'm just going to call it flop, or poor, or a bottler, or whatever. i show you. To me, it just didn't work out. He moved on. Had a couple of decent spells back to Celta Vigo and he's just been absolutely fantastic. I still wish that in that Europa League semi-final that that ball would have dropped to him and not Gadetti because we wouldn't have had to sit for 90 minutes of that last night. But other, otherwise, yeah, for me and yourself, it has to be Aspas. He's it's, um, it's been a revelation this season and hopefully he kicks on again and shows us some more for next season. What about you, Dan? Only one person for me
2: in this, gents, and it is the little Argentine Lionel Messi. Aspas brilliant, really, really good this season. I will mention him later on. But I just think Messi, again, just showing us why there's no one in world football like him. How he's coming to midfield a lot more this season. You don't have to look at that, uh, the Classico, the Bernabeu. And he's still scoring extraordinary amount an extraordinary amount of goals. Golden built, also...
0: G- golden built winner this season again.
2: Yeah, yeah. Golden built for the fourth time, is that, I believe. you oh, have the European golden... Yeah, the European golden... Yeah, bull. no, it's,
0: it's the golden yeah, yeah. winner. And so we know what happens usually to golden built winners in the last couple of seasons. They usually go on to win the um, the Ballon d'Or, but that's none of my business. <laughs> but there's more to him than just goals. And yeah.
2: I think... Look, there'll be some season. There's been seasons where Ronaldo scored more than Messi. I'm not making this a comparison between the two. So we know that there's player or a player who can score goals like Messi. we look at some of the midfielders who can spread the ball like Messi. There is there's, there's plenty of really good passers of the ball, but there's no one who can do both to the level he can. And for me, that's why. Because what a what a forward. You have to play with you there. You know what I mean? He'll put the chances away and he'll give you some unbelievable chances. He literally does it all for you.
0: Excellent choice. We're now we're going to keep it you, Dan. Give me your manager of the season. Right.
2: Again, another tough one. Another very tough one. But I'm going to go for Zindine Zidane. One thing what really winds me up. No, it don't wind me up. It pisses me off when you come across clu- the clueless minority that. Claim that they could win what Guardiola won with Barcelona with Barcelona squad. What he had? You're now starting to get with people saying, "Oh, it's not that impressive." What Zidane's doing? Look at the players he's got. Always trying to look for negatives or trying to bring bring people people down. How Zidane's managed that Madrid squad has been nothing short than than, right. than amazing. Yeah, Mirage. yeah, brilliant work, guy. Because how many players in that squad will get? When they won the title last weekend, how many players in that squad actually feel like they've played a massive part? You know, because he's rotated, and he's had his as people have called it the A team and the B team. They're all gonna feel that they've played a huge part in winning the first title in five seasons for Real Madrid, and it's something we don't see much with your top teams. You have a you have a you start in eleven or maybe two or three, all shifting now and again. And then you'll have a couple more players who will, who will play a part. But to have so many players feature so heavily and feature so effectively. You know, when they brought Ames Rodriguez in, it produced. When they brought Nacho in at the back, it produced. When they brought in Isco, he did more than produce. You know, Mirata I think he was Madrid's second-leading goal scorer in the league, Bernardo, but it weren't a starter every week. You know, I just... I think a lot of credit's got to go to Dan for that. And the last thing, how well he's managed Ronaldo. A massive ego, as we're we told to believe, and he's managed him exceptional. Not his best season in terms of numbers, but how how he kept him so fresh for the end of the season and how much Ronaldo played a massive part in the last two months has been, has, has been tremendous.
0: Yeah, it's as you said, Dan, okay, for Ronaldo, okay, he doesn't win his individual awards, but. Top on, you know what I mean? It's yeah, you know, you've just won the league again, and I think that is what Zidane has done for Ronaldo. Ronaldo may be hurt over certain individual awards, but it'd be more than made up with with the fact that he's now matches the great, the brilliant Douglas for the league away <laughs> titles. <laughs> oh, I'm I've waiting for that. <laughs> I don't know. We'll say yeah. Look, no, you can't you can't argue with Zidane, He's been fantastic. Again, people, he's constantly being put down. I I think he's being put down because he doesn't have an aesthetically pleasing style of football. But when you have that type of squad, put it this way, he's not Mourinho. Madrid do play some lovely football. They're the best counter-attacking team on the planet, by a mile. And if that's what it takes, we're going to see a fantastic game next week between Madrid and Juventus. So, full credit to Zidane, he has the opportunity to match the great Erigio Sachi if Madrid do win back-to-back titles. Madrid will match the AC Milan of the 80s and 90s, and Zidane will match the master Sachi. But what about you, Jack? Uh,
1: my choice is going to mirror my two choices for team of the season. So the uh, Pellegrino and Eusebio um Pellegrino um who had a really difficult job in the summer because um Alaves fired the their manager who got them promotion he came in um on a one year deal and has worked an absolute wonder with that club even when he's uh, rotated uh, quite heavily particularly around the the time of playing the Cup semi finals against Celta, and even uh, these past few weeks in preparation for the final against Barcelona, he hasn't been selecting the strongest 11 that he he could each week, but they've still been performing to that same level and that same intensity and producing the results. So, um, definitely worth a mention. And then also Eusebio at Lareal, because, well, I mean, he, he's made Carlos Vela enjoy playing football which deserves a bloody award in itself because he's a guy who's very openly admitted that he doesn't actually like playing football and has thought many times about leaving Europe to, to go and play in his home country of Mexico and whatnot. not um, but Real Sociedad they can seem a little toothless at times but he has done a stellar job and I'm Quite surprised that Barcelona didn't really push for him um, to replace Luis Enrique.
0: Hmm. Well, it's Pellegrino for me for basically what you've said, Jack, and the fact that he's taken. You know, this Alaves team—they've come up, and at no stage during the season have they looked like they're going down. Okay, I'm gonna put a bit of a damper saying they were kind of lucky to get into the final, but they're in there. Anything can happen on Saturday obviously I'm hoping Barcelona gets some silverware, more so for Lucho send off. But I'm not gonna be cocky because we know what Alaves can do, we know how tight they are, that's all down to Pellegrino. So for me manager of the season is Pellegrino. Now lads, I'm just I'm gonna give you my best eleven of the season. Now they're not necessarily gonna tie into my awards for players or whatever. I have All Black in goal. I think he's absolutely fantastic. He's just—he's hes an extraordinary keeper. And thinking back to the time when Moya got injured, and All Black had to come in, I can vividly remember Atleti fans going, "Who? Oh no, Moya out. Well, <laughs> good luck Moya, Good luck Courtois. This fella has been easily in the top three goalkeepers in world football extraordinary goalkeeper and for me he's my goalkeeper my eleven. my defenders are Carvajal, Marcelo and and this is probably going to open a few eyes but I just love this man of Ron Cagli I just love Ron Cagli my midfield is Nzonzi Kroos, and Yarente I thought he had an absolutely fantastic season brilliant another Madrid player absolutely fantastic my forwards were Aspas Suarez, Suarez didn't have the best of seasons, but you know his goals meant an awful lot to Barcelona, and he's been quite clinical at times. But at the same time, he's been a bit below standard. But for me, he's still one of the best forwards of the season. And of course, who else? Greatest, greatest player in the modern day. It's Lionel Messi. Absolute. I'm so, I, I'm privileged to be able to say that I've actually seen the man play every single game since his debut and the thoughts of the man leaving the game of football just it doesn't it doesn't bear thinking about every season he still puts it in this season in particular if it wasn't for him Barcelona wouldn't have been second in my opinion so there's my team thoughts on that lads oof
2: what's that What's that Suarez is an interesting one mate I think I can see why you've included him I just thought that but... Maybe the high expectations might have seen him miss out.
0: Yeah, well, it's my eleven, Dan, so... True, mate, no, true. No, look, i tell you, Odomal, he was the one I was scratching my head with, but there was, first part of the season, he was Barcelona's best striker. Second part, easily messy, but just for the overall goal contribution, 2nd goal scorer in La Liga, ahead of Ronaldo, you know that's not me and Fee. Only and I know it sounds ridiculous. He's only eight goals behind Messi, which that again is a feat in itself. But yeah, no, I think El Suarez would probably be the one that would be debatable. But for me, it's it's Suarez. Well, Dan, give us your one. Right. Well, I've
2: included the guys I've gone for for the play for the position. So I'm a keeper and whatnot. So, so that was Sergio saying, "Oh, in the net." His teammate Mario Gaspar at right-back, Marcelo on the other side at left-back, Gerard Piquet and Uri in the heart of a defence. I've changed my mind and I'm going to go for Roque, Mesa, zonzi and Modric in midfield, the toughest decision was the midfield. And then a the forward three of Jaguaspas Messi and Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo the re-
0: recent... no 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 You had a go at me for having Spores and you were have to put Ronaldo in. Now, I know Ronaldo is still Ronaldo, but he's had a very, very poor
2: season. He has, mate. However, I just think this last two months has got him in. If, if he'd not scored and played as he has, excuse me, in recent months, from, 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 from the end of March, I want to put him in. I want to put him in, but I just think... Barcelona could have got that title, could easily have had that title if it weren't for Ronaldo in the last couple of months, just where how, how clinical he's been when we've needed him. And you look at it this weekend, well, last weekend, sorry, two minutes in and he's, he's, he's wrapped up the title. Zonze in midfield, I, I, I loved him at first half of the season, but himself and Sevilla just dropped off, as, as we've mentioned in, in previous pods, and it's a shame, but I still, I'm still going to give him that place because he was exceptional. At times, he was the only person in the middle of the park for, for Sevier at the start of the season. And he did such a such terrific job for Sam Paoli. Uh, a couple of men. What else do I want to mention? Yeah, Uri, uh, as Jack said uh, at the start, he unfortunately was diagnosed with testicular cancer at 21 years old, uh, 22 now. But then... After getting diagnosed, I think it was just under fifty games later, he made his return to the to the first team and played against Barcelona. And now, don't get me wrong, they lost that game, but the result weren't important. It was a case of someone battling and defeating a, a an horrendous disease and having an unbelievable season before and after that. So, yeah, that's my team. I've, I've literally just changed it the last five minutes. The change was I had Jonathan Vieira in instead of Rocky Mes out. Last Palmer started well, but I, I do like Roque Mesa. so I think he'll be a great signing for top five, top six team. Not to try and sell him, sorry, Last Palmas fans. What about you, Jack? Uh,
1: well, as you've probably already gathered, I can't make decisions, so. Uh, squad I, of 23. I, I, I do, well more like a squad of fifty, mate. So I I just avoided preparing for this, so I'm just gonna wheel this off uh first players that come into my head. So all black and goal, uh Felipe Luis left back, um Mario Gaspar right back, Diego Reyes and Umtiti as the centre halves. Um Modric, um Marcos Llorente and Vincente Gomez.
0: Has to be Anzonzi Jack. Jesus man.
1: No well, see, ask me this halfway through the season and this team would be very different and Anzonzi would definitely be there. But I I'm gonna go Vicente Gomez. Um he he doesn't get enough praise. Um Roque Mesa gets all, all of the highlights from from Las Palmas but the man next to him in the middle of the park is equally as sublime. Uh front three Ooh. actually no, I'm going to switch it to, to a diamond and then two strikers so then I'll have Isco just behind the striker um, and then up top Messi and Ronaldo. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, like you said, it's my 11, so...
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, fair enough, fair enough. Well, Jack, that concludes the awards. there any? Only- any questions from our uh, our massive following? Also?
1: Oh, yeah, there's loads. Uh, I've got a whopping three questions in. So the first one's from Rez, um, and he asks...
0: Ah, the Midrista.
1: Yeah, Yeah, the Midrista. Uh He asks, which three teams have surprised you the most overall um, that can either be positively or negatively?
0: Mm. For me, positively it has to be Alaves and Albert. Again... What Alaves has done has been sensational. What Abar are doing is just insane. And I'm going to throw in a negative, Granada. Because, you know, people people will argue over anything. But for me, they should never have sacked Paco Jiménez. People don't rate him. People think he's a genius. Personally, I think he's brilliant. He's great entertainment. And if you have a team with 22 players that aren't owned by the club. There's no better man to get a team like that together eventually. But they panicked. They got rid of them. They're going down. Good luck to them. That's, that's my tree. What about you? What about you, Jack?
1: Ever the pessimist. I've got one positive and two negatives. My first positive is Alaves. I think we'll all agree on that. And we've already explained why many times during the pod. Um, my first... Uh, negative is Betis, who actually thought I thought they had quite a, a good summer. Um, they spent a fair bit of money, um, particularly for, for their budget. Um, Tony Sanabria in particular, who they signed from Roma, um, he'd been on loan at Sporting the season before and looked quite lively. So I thought with the the service that he was going to be getting, he could have proved to be really useful for them. But it's just been a really nightmarish campaign for them. Not necessarily because of the players, but I think it, a lot of it comes from the manager as well because, they, truth be told, they had two fairly incompetent managers who don't really have a clear identity or something to build towards. Whereas you see now, this summer, they're going for the complete opposite. um, Very strong reports that Kike Setien has signed for them um, with a three-year deal. And Kike Setian is someone who's very set and adamant in the, the way that his team's set up and play. And he won't sacrifice that over anything. And I think that's what Betis really need at this point. They need someone with a really strong and clear identity to help them build a squad suitable. And And then. Some
0: pretty, some pretty damn good football as well from Setian.
1: Exactly. Um, so I think they they've been um, a, quite a negative surprise, but they could they could be very positive um, come next season. And I'm going to agree with Granada, um, slightly different reasoning, but it, it's kind of along along your train of thought. Before they signed Paco Jemez last summer, they were going all out for for Pauli. so it was clear that the board had made a conscious decision that they wanted kind of hectic, chaotic, free-flowing, all-out attacking football that was a bit kind of kamikaze-ish at times. They couldn't get Sampaoli because he'd gone to Sevilla, so they settled for Paco Hemmers. But then to go back on not just the manager, but all of the players that they'd then signed to theoretically suit Paco Hemmers and this very attacking style of play, to To chuck it all out the window after six weeks was just kind of suicidal really and obviously we'll never know if they would have survived on the Hemers or whether they would have still ended up going down but he just,
0: Jack do you not feel at, at the same time Malaga were in dire straits as well Yeah, at, that, at the exact same time but what Malaga done was they you know okay they got rid of the coach they brought somebody else in who changed the whole scenario but Malaga. I, what I felt at the time, Malaga were just absolutely muck. The difference between them and Granada were, Granada just weren't given a chance.
1: Yeah.
0: Everything, everything was just based on this messed up, oh, let's, let's get people, let's get 22 lads who've never met each other, who don't know anybody, and here's their daddy, Paco, here's your lads. Yeah. And then to give him six weeks, and I guarantee it within them six weeks, he'd have been building something. Because he, we've seen what he's done with Rayo over the years. And then to take that away and bring somebody else in, there's not a hope Then players are going to be able to adapt. And then to bring in Tony Adams.
1: Exactly.
0: Well, let's, just take, let's just take the piss.
1: <laughs> and
0: so, sorry for
1: the, sorry it, for the just had Well, to. no, I mean, I, I agree. It's not even the fact that they, they signed him in the first place because they knew what they were getting with him and the board had quite clearly made a a conscious decision that they wanted very attacking football. Otherwise, they wouldn't have gone for Pauli and then Paco Henness. They would have gone for, you know, if they wanted to play quite defensive football, they would have signed someone like Kaparos in the summer and given him a season. Obviously, he failed quite drastically this with sooner. But it's the fact that after six weeks, without really giving it an opportunity to grow, they then chucked it out the window. And that's what really got me.
0: And what about yourself, Dan?
2: I'm going to be positive, gents. I'm going to be what? positive. Yeah, I am. I'm going to it go.
0: N- see, there's <laughs> nothing on the line. He's not being asked, and he's
2: That's it. Price, that's right? it. See? I'm going to go for three teams who are all next to each other in the table. I'm going to start with Eber, who have been, been brilliant. I've said that earlier. Alavez, who potentially could be finishing the season as a Copa del Rey winners. And then Espanyol. I, I didn't expect Key Sanchez Flores to have such a positive effect on the club as he has, and I had to check this because I remember I recall them being poor at the back last season. I checked it; they nearly con- it were nearly two goals a game they conceded last season, they, they conceded the most goals in the league. And this season, I thought, although they've been brilliant defensive, they've been a lot better. And in attack, they've had they've had some good good spells. I think they've been a decent attacking team. Still a few places where they can improve in the squad but, I'm, and I'm, I don't want to give them too much credit here. I don't want to go too far but I just thought they've, they've been a decent team who have gone under the radar quite a bit with, with the likes of, I mean the, the finish behind Athletic Bilbao who finished 7th but they weren't really challenging for that Europa League place as of late but they've done well to to get to that position, I think eighth. I don't think I don't think I'd have predicted them as to finish that high. So I'm gonna go off them. I, I, I didn't want to go a negative, so I'm uh, I'm searching for my third positive, which is
1: Espanol.
0: Hmm. And what else have we got, Jack? Uh,
1: similar question from at Nick FCB. Uh, what players surprised you the most?
0: Hmm. What player surprised me? Do you know what, who, you know who has surprised me? Isco surprised me. To go from what what we knew he was to what he's become, like he's just he he's he's taken that natural step as some great footballers do. He's he's gone from being a really really good player to absolute world class. He is world class. He's one of the best players in the world. I won't have anyone argue that against me. He is absolutely fantastic. Just himself, and I got to throw in. I'm going to throw Um Titi in as well. He's he's really surprised me because you hear a lot. Obviously, you know I I don't watch league. I don't know who we're getting, but he's just come in and for me he's been Barcelona's best defender all season. So yeah, there's two su- two surprises in Dan's words, Positive surprises. <laughs> well, fair um, enough, mate,
2: I'm going to go negative. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and it would last <laughs> <laughs> a negative surprise Kevin Camero I thought it was a great signing I thought it fit the bill at Atleti with Griezmann just playing either to the side of him or behind him and it's, it's really not worked out for him and I've wanted it to I've really wanted it to because I thought with a 25 30 plus goal scorer in that squad they could have put a really good title challenge on this season and they haven't they haven't and they've missed the goals Griezmann is Griezmann he, he, a sensational player but he can't do it all on himself in the attacking third and after a brilliant season with Sevilla I thought Kevin Gamero he had the summer off of somehow he didn't make the France squad I just thought it would be a real good fit for Diego Simeone and he wasn't so that's that's my surprise but again it's a negative surprise
0: and you Jack
1: I'm also going for a negative surprise and it's also an athletic player um, Nico Gaitan signed for really big money uh, which brought a lot of excitement um, mostly because we knew, we as fans knew what he was capable of because in the Champions League with Benfica he put in a really really good performance at the Calderon but he just hasn't been able to, to adapt to Simeone's system and when he's been given minutes he's looked. So lacking in confidence, um, and just kind of out of touch with everything that he hasn't really been able to affect games. Um, and there, there was also, um, a really shocking one on one miss with, I think off the top of my head it was again, it was at Alaves. It was quite late on and he was, um, played through over the top, one on one with the keeper, fluffed his lines. We ended up drawing that game nil-nil. And when you spend um, the amount of money that we did on a player like Gaetan, I think it was like thirty million euro. You expect him to to be burying those chances quite comfortably. Uh, so by far and away, Gaetan's the the surprising player for me.
0: Well, I actually have a question that came in on the Sound of La Liga Twitter handle. It's from Neil Parsons, and he wants to know our thoughts on Andoni and Sergio Leon. What do you reckon, Dan?
2: Just well, we, we we've mentioned Sergio Leon quite often throughout the throughout the season, and I like the lad. I really do. I do. I felt myself expecting more recently because we did discuss him a lot, and we did not big him up. That, that's not right. But we we did sing his praise a lot.
0: He deserves to be at a better club. Do you reckon?
2: Yeah, yeah. That's that's a problem. We'll we look at how how well he was doing, but then you look at the players around him, and I think. They weren't elevating him to that next level, were they? They weren't doing anything for him. And I've not kept up with what's what's going to happen with him next season, I'll be honest, but whatever it is, it needs better. It needs better around him.
0: He should go to ABAR and create the most formidable Sergio duo. With Emric. Oh, yeah, now look at that. That's just, <laughs> for me, that's just... And it wouldn't surprise me if he does, because for me... I don't know, Sergio León for me has been that diamond in that black pit that was Osasuna. He was outstanding. And I, I'll use that word yeah. over the season. He was outstanding. He was by far and away the best player. And a bit like Andoni with Deportivo. He was, for large parts of the season, the best player. But Deportivo, for large parts of the season, played the some of the most... Horriblest football you can say you can watch in the league. Yet, for the players they had, they should have been an awful lot more, you know, positive in that play. But what about yourself, Jack? And Donnie and Sergio León, like two, you know, two fairly similar players.
1: Yeah, they are. Um, and they've both had really outstanding campaigns with teams who, to be perfectly honest, would have been... I know Osuna ended up getting relegated anyway, but for example, if you take Andone's goals out of Depot and take they'd off. be yeah, they they'd be long gone. He took a, a little while to kind of adapt and acclimatise to, to playing with Depot um after joining from Cordoba in the, the second division, which he he absolutely tore apart the segunda last season. He's a player who in some ways, he actually kind of reminds me of Kevin Gamiero. He likes to play off the shoulder. He's very quick. He's strong as well. So even though he's agile and got that pace, he can hold the ball up fairly well. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I will never forget the uh, the hat-trick he scored when Depor spanked Real Sociedad 4-1 <laughs> earlier on in the season. In fact, that, that's another game of the season there that, that was missed off of the list earlier. He's. Was it? Geez, it was enough 5 1. Yeah, it was. Yeah, 5 1. Yeah. Jackie, yeah. if you're going to command this punch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's It's been a long week, alright.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was a cracking game before by that. Actually. Yeah.
1: And he, you know, Real Sociedad made the mistake of playing a high line against them, and he just tore them apart. And you can't help but think if he was being slided balls through from from players of better quality. I mean, even if you just had Ceballos uh, behind him, if he was at Betis, for example, just how many more goals he, he'd put away.
0: Have you any more questions, Chief? I, I have a feeling there's one more question from a Bohort Barcelona fan and stuff.
1: How many points have Real Madrid gained thanks to referees this season? And
0: who sent that in? Uh,
1: that was Pavel.
0: Pavel. Um. Oh, yes, I get it now. See, See what happens when... Polish people, you know, declare their love, their life lifelong love for Barcelona. Pavel, grow up chief. Grow up. Unless you two want to answer that question.
1: Well I, I oh. haven't done the I haven't got the numbers in front of me, so I I can't definitively say how many points Real Madrid gained due to referees' mistakes. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was quite similar to the also the number of points that Barcelona gained due to referees' mistakes.
0: Or you could look at another way and ask the question: How many points have other teams lost based on exactly. so-called mistakes they've made? Exactly.
1: And we've seen an
0: awful lot of them. Um, one one game in particular that just uh, it has been so focused on is the the Barcelona versus Betis game where that that particular goal, yeah, it was over the line. Referees didn't see it. Whatever. We still would not have won the league if we'd have won that. And to be fair, we should have been beaten because Betis had a couple of absolutely ridiculous decisions called against him in that match. And that's the problem. That's, you know, I, I don't know about you, you too, but you know, a fucking league is about football. Stop looking at the outside elements of it. Every single match in the league has strange decisions. The reason it has strange decisions is because it's so attack-minded. There's so much action happening up in the boxes that the referees have so much to do. They're not being coerced into making decisions to benefit anybody. They're just incompetent. You just have to look at the Jordi Alba panel. That's nothing to do with, what would you say, you know, the higher authorities coming down on certain officials saying, well, cop on. It's the league we watch. It's never, it's always been that way. Every 25 years watching it, it's always been that way. But when it comes to Real Madrid and Barcelona, stop being so feckin' butthurt over, you know, decisions going against you. Because if you really, really want to sum it up, check out the amount of decisions that go for you against the smaller clubs, and then come back to me. Now, there's Gav's last rant of the season. (laughs) Is that the way? That's the way it is. I mean, even Atleti, in the past couple of seasons, have put themselves into that platform where they get more decisions than some of the smaller teams. But it's not that they get more decisions. They're attacking more. They're up there. Obviously, they're going to get, you know, they're going to be at the centre of... Decisions that either go for them or against them. Imagine being poor freaking neighbour. Look what happened to Ebert on Sunday. They did the penal put against them for nothing. So I don't know. It's I'm not. We're not going to finish the note on the, on the negative. I'm going to leave that to Dan. But before we go, <laughs> before we go, I just want to thank yourself, Jack and Dan. The last couple of months doing this, it's it's brilliant. I love doing it. It's it's great to chat the league. It's great to chat the league with. You know, unbiased fans. <laughs> and also, Pack Up Elite, who's been on a few times. Graham Hunter, who's come on to give us a dig out. Rory, Sean, Carlo, Ellis. A couple of lads also came on during the season that I've forgotten your name. So if you're listening to it, you can send me a direct message and tell me what your name was. I'm sorry I forgot you. It mustn't, <laughs> have, been, it mustn't have been that memorable. But lads, Jack Dan's. Thanks for everything.
2: It's been absolutely brilliant. Thank you, Gav. Thank you, Jack. It's been a brilliant season and it's been topped off being able to do this podcast, being able to speak to you both weekly, be able to discuss games, transfers, refereeing decisions. It's it's made the football more enjoyable for me. So I must say thank you to you guys. Thank you for the guys at World Football Index for giving us this chance and thank you for getting in touch and giving me this chance i love it lads i really do and i've i've enjoyed it so much jack you better
0: be better than that
1: <laughs> well I'd, I'd just like to say it's a pleasure to be able to talk about this action Pack league week in week out uh i mean i know it was the final day final day so it's been a special episode but we there's been loads of news to have broken Uh, from then until when we're recording now and we haven't even even had a chance to even touch the tip of the iceberg with it all because that much happens in and around Spanish football day in day out that it really is non-stop so uh, roll on the summer when we'll uh, be doing some slightly different pods and uh, roll on next season.
0: Yeah as Jack said we're going to have a couple of couple of different types of pods coming up soon to be worn out very very soon so make sure you stay tuned to that keep an eye out for it and also anything related to world football index they have some fantastic pods on that you know all leagues all leagues so make sure you check them out until next season adios